something that a lot of founders seem to forget is that investors are in this to make money. So they want to know when you're planning to exit and potentially who you think you might exit to. Are you going all the way to IPO? And if so, why? And if not, you know, who might be a strategic buyer for your business? Do you even know? They need to know that in your mind, you're very focused on providing them with not just getting their money back, but providing a substantial return on that investment as well. So that's why Envision is absolutely critical. Welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast with business strategist, speaker and author Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hello and welcome back to the Business Mastermind podcast. Today I'm with author and uh, speaker and a huge amount of experience in the area of investment and helping people get an investment. It's Julie Barber and the author of Investor Ready. Uh, Julie, welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Thank you. So um, what prompted you, this is a very strong opening to your book, but I'd like you to tell a story of what kind of like shook you in the moment realizing that actually you needed to write this book investor ready to help you know people with as it says on the team getting re- get ready for investment sure um so uh, i come from 20 years in in large corporates um doing things like corporate innovation and transformation um across multiple countries um and as part of that um what I've done in the past is is worked with corporates to introduce innovation programs uh, and to help them um, look at other technologies that they could use to bring in um, to to improve what they do rather than trying to kind of reinvent everything in-house. So that has often involved having startups come in to pitch either for um, actual uh, corporate VC investment or for, for a sale. Um, and uh, I'd been through quite a few kind of one-on-one pitches uh, and then uh, which you know weren't necessarily all great and then there was an event um, with uh, I think it was about 10 startups all invited to pitch on the same evening and they'd got about 60 people from across this global corporate into the room uh, uh, who were all sat there buzzing, waiting to see what these exciting new startups were going to bring. Yeah. Uh, and then the first startup got up on the stage and absolutely fluffed it. Uh, didn't understand who they were talking to, didn't understand what those investors would care about, um, didn't have a deck and a pitch that was tailored to the time that they had allocated. Okay. Um, uh, and it was just really clear that they were in no way ready to be a partner for for this corporate. And so you kind of went, okay, that's one. Come on, the next one's going to be better. By the time we got to uh, number five or six, people just started getting up and walking out oh, because really? the quality level was just not there. And yeah. it was shocking that, you know, these had been selected from amongst a group of a much wider group of startups to be the ones that came forward and it was terrible um uh, and i went around and spoke to some of them afterwards and said you know have you considered 
compliance as an issue have you can you know have you thought about the oh no oh we didn't realize that would be that would be part of what they wanted to know well you know if you don't know who you're pitching to how can you pitch effectively and there were so many things that were missing from what they pitched that that it just fell flat and there was literally only one or two out of those 10 that came anywhere near the mark where people said yeah, we think we could we think we could progress with with these people um so that's what really drove me into into thinking hang on a minute there's a, there's a real issue here if that many of the chosen few are still not good enough um uh, and i in my corporate background i spent a lot of time persuading corporate boards to to give up money and invest it in you know in big programs so i know what it takes to to convince people to give you money basically and and the kinds of things that people care about um so i i took those um principles uh, and started going and um talking to people throughout the startup ecosystem um investors and startups who'd raised successfully um and verifying that that my thoughts were right on on what worked and and through that I started working with with startups who needed to raise investment um and ultimately turned those principles and all those interviews that I did with people into the book fantastic and it, what it, after having gone through that experience of seeing so many poor or below par um sort of preparations and pitches what what do you think are the common mistakes that people make when they're trying to seek investment um there's one big overall common mistake is that um people lack the ability to see their own company through an investor's eyes mm. they're so wrapped up in their brilliant product that they've invented yeah. and their and their brilliant process and their brilliant way of doing things and they're really enthusiastic which is fantastic but if you cannot appraise your company from the outside in then you cannot see where the holes and the gaps and the weaknesses are um but that's exactly what an investor's going to do so you know that mistake repeats itself again and again in a variety of ways throughout um someone's pitch and throughout their overall preparation and obviously we, we we look at the world through our own perspective don't we for, for from our own eyes how do you help them appreciate the perspective of an investor when maybe they've not you know had that exposure that view of the world um we we break it down into into six steps so that it's really easy to to understand so um so we look at vision um uh we look at um the structure and scalability of the of the business itself um we look at market um uh we look at the numbers which means not just the financials but also things like key KPIs within the business um as well um then we look at what the right investment route is and who the right investors are what the what the profile of the perfect investor is going to be um because there's nothing worse than wasting your time chasing after the wrong people um and then uh, and then the final step is is pitch where we pull it all together with them to turn that into a pitch and a business plan um that meets all the requirements that an investor will have and presumably you're helping them actually prepare the delivery of that pitch as well yeah absolutely so so we work on 
um, not just the documentation, but how they actually do the pitch. So, um, so we'll actually get people to, you know, prepare their pitch, pitch it to us, you know, give them, give them feedback on how they've done that. Um, you know, everything down to, you know, what they say or do or write in their first approach. How do they first get in contact with those investors? Everything is absolutely critical. And it doesn't just run up to the point where you've done your pitch. Um, it runs all the way through to the point where you've completed your due diligence exercise. So if they say, yes, I'm interested, the next thing that they're going to say is, where's your business plan? And if you haven't got a great business plan, you've got to scrabble around to put one together. That's never a good look. Um, and then if they like the look of your business plan, they'll say, great, we're going to full due diligence. I'm going to send you a list of DDQs, due, due diligence questions, as long as you're armed and you have to answer them all. And they'll be expecting that when you answer all those questions that you are referring to documents that prove your answers in a data room that you've set up, which is which is like a, an online you know, storage box. You put all your documentation in. And the amount of startups I come across who literally say, what's the data room? I never heard of. Do we have to do a data room? Yes. Even if you started your company three weeks ago, there's still stuff that will need to go into the data room. Like when that you could be a shared your, Google G, Dropbox or Google Drive then? Uh, it can. Um, you have to be careful about which tech you use because um, some technologies allow uh, everyone who has access to see whoever else has access, which you don't necessarily want to one investor to know who all your other potential investors are. Of course. Um, so, um, but there are there are specialist companies out there that offer exactly data room services that you can you can pay for. That's like 150 pounds a month, but you don't have to sign up for you know the rest of your life. You can sign up for a few months just to get you through a raise process. Um, so um, yeah, so so knowing that you've got everything ready, that you're really well prepared, not just for the pitch but for the business plan, for the data room, for the ability to answer those DDQs is absolutely vital because it will, apart from giving you um, additional credibility in that, you know, you're very professional and everything's well set up, which gives investors that kind of warm, fuzzy feeling that this is the right person. Um, it also saves you time because the last thing you want to do is slow down your own investment process by not being ready. Um, so uh, the work put in up front saves you time on on the back end and saves you stress as well. You know, if you get a list of questions like that and you're suddenly going, I, oh, we don't have the answers to that. We've got to think of it all and put it all together. That's really stressful. So preempt it and, and be ready. Hi, Gavin here. Hey, you've been hearing me talk about recently the upcoming release of my new book, Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business. To find out more, head over to www.surviveandthrive.cc. That's surviveandthrive.cc. You know, part one of the book is aimed at those that are literally in survival mode. If you want 
people that you owe money to to stop calling you and your team three times a day. If you want to pump some more cash, find out how you can pump some more cash into your business. If you want to stop mate, wasting money, then part one of the book is for you. Part two is if you are tired of plateauing profits, plateauing revenues, and you want to sort your act out, then in plain English, straight down, you know, down to where pragmatic and practical style, I'll show you the six steps, the things that you need to do to get your business from, you know, poorly plateauing to vibrantly thriving. So head over to www.surviveandthrive.cc. And the list of due diligence questions, the DDQs, is it a pretty uniform list then? from one investor uh, to another you can you can pretty much predict about 90 percent of the questions um and and therefore 90 percent of what content you should put into your data room as well and then obviously you'll always get a few curveballs or something very specific from particular investors um but but at least at least you will have covered about 90 percent um which which means you've only got to scrabble around for 10 percent and and not all of it so yeah that's the, that's the way to do it. Great. So let's just delve in a little deeper to each of the six steps. So we've got vision, structure, scale, market, numbers, investors, and pitch. So can you just sort of delve in a little bit on each of those sure. six, please? Um, so vision, um, from an investor's perspective, being able to articulate the vision for your company uh, tells them uh, tells them three different things, really. Um, it tells them uh, what kind of journey you're planning to go on, uh, which they can decide whether that's a journey they'd like to join you for or not, because uh, any investor looking at a company will automatically build expectation in their head of where they think that company might go. And if you say, oh, no, we're going off here to do something completely different, then, you know, they've got to they've got to think about whether they want to be part of that. Um your vision also enables investors to check your maths because if you're saying we're off going to do this and that, we're going to achieve all of this, and then they look at your financial projections and the amount you're trying to raise and the two don't add up, then there's a problem. So it's a credibility check from yeah. that perspective. Um, uh, and finally, um, something that a lot of founders seem to forget is that investors are in this to make money. Um, so they want to know when you're planning to exit and potentially who you think you might exit to. Are you going all the way to IPO? And if so, why? And if not, you know, who might be a strategic buyer for your business? Do you even know? Um, so they need to know that in your mind, you're very focused on providing them with not just getting their money back, but providing a substantial return on that investment as well. So, so that's why vision is absolutely critical right. um, for, for, from an investor point of view. Structure. So yeah. we're talking and we're talking about sort of whether it's organized as a limited company, as an LLP. Um, all sorts. So so structure and scale form one step together. Um, yeah. quite a big, quite a big step. So structure is not just the pure legal structure of the company. Um, although it is really important also to make sure that you are actually incorporated because the amount of startups I've met who've, who've said, oh, yeah, we're going to get investment and then we're going to put the company together. No, it doesn't work like that. You have to have the company in place first. You can't invest into you personally. It has to go into a corporate. Um, 
so um so the structure is not just that legal piece it's also about the team that you put in place um and your team doesn't just mean people that you hire your team means um your board that you build as advisors to the company they're vital and super important um uh uh they're a really good way of filling gaps of expertise or um contacts that you don't have in your core management team um they you know depending on the maturity of the company investors are looking at who you have hired because um do you have the ability to hire good people or not um and then your wider team which means your suppliers people that you outsource to um you know who else makes your company able to run so all of those things are the the bedrock the foundation for your company and you can only scale well if you've got mm. those things in place um so uh so then you know we go from 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 that structure and from looking at you know business model what kind of business model are you, are you going to have does your business model match your audience um your your customer base um that's really important people people often get a bit of a mismatch there of of who they want to reach and and what their model's going to be um and from that then you can step up into and how will this scale um uh, and a common mistake again is that um very early stage startups will say well you know we haven't scaled yet no but you have to be able to explain how you're going to scale mm-hmm. so that an investor giving you money can feel like you've actually got a plan for how to spend it in a sensible fashion um uh, uh so so it's vital to show what plans you've got um and we we tend to look at scalability across people process your product itself assets technology um all of those things you have to examine and look at and say okay it works now for 10 people how is it going to work for 10,000 people and you've got to look at that and and you know in each thing be able to say well that would have to change this way and it would cost this much to achieve you know all of those things that's what proves your your scalability is your back end so customer growth is your front end your sales um and scalability is the back end of your business and how it copes with growth so that's really important to demonstrate that that you're capable of delivering Tricky on that thread through the investor ready book and ultimately as you know answering the question are you investor ready is that you're setting up the business to scale right from the the get go absolutely absolutely even even with pre-seed companies that we're working with who haven't even got a product yet Yeah. You know, we're working with them to say okay, but as soon as your product launches, how are you going to cope if on the first day it goes viral and you get 5000 people who decide they want to buy it? Sure. What are you going to do? Yeah. You have to be able to cope. So immediately um, you're dealing with um pe- pe- people in business who have a, a degree of sophistication, you know, just to be able to pull the data the content of the data room together to be able to have that plan of how they're going to scale but they need a level of sophistication i know the book goes a good way to help give them an overview of what's required um but the journey of being getting you to the point of getting investment is is not not everybody's ready for it no 
No, you know, some some clients will come to us and then go, actually, we need to we need to go away and work on some stuff and then we'll come back and then uh, and then we'll continue preparing for investment because we've just realized we've got massive gaps that we need to go off and fill and we can't do that in eight weeks. So we'll 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 go off and fix those and then and then come back. Um, case a case in point is a is a pre-seed uh, that I've been working with over the last uh, six weeks um, who who rang me up today and said, I know I'm supposed to send you my business plan and my deck that I've put together for review this week. Um, but I've got so many things that I haven't sorted out yet. So I need to do that next month because I'm, I, I've got all of these gaps that I've now identified. I'm sure it's quite common because they've got operations of their business to run, haven't they? As well as a chunk of time to, to be able to pull that pack together. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's a big, yeah, the, the, people really don't realise how much time raising money takes. Um, it's pretty much a full-time job for the time that you're doing it. Um, so you, being able to do that alongside running the business and making sure you're still hitting the numbers is is tough. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so yeah, that's the, the structure and scale piece. Um, then we move on to market. Uh, which is all about um, uh, two sides, really. So um, the the first side of market is really looking at what your market opportunity is, how many people out there actually want to buy um, your product um, and, and how you prove that. So the earlier stage you are, the harder that is to prove because you haven't got traction um, necessarily to to prove that in the marketplace. So you have to rely on research and testing and small user groups and um uh you know building up community interest signups in advance that kind of thing um and then the second half of of market that we look at is then how you engage with your market that you've decided to target so what's your what's your go-to-market strategy um how do you protect your product in the market so how do you defend your ip to make sure that it's not taken over tomorrow by someone else, um, uh, and and really, you know, how do you build engagement with your marketplace that's going to last and and going to actually, you know, provide a good return on investment for the money that you spend to do that engagement. Um, so so that's the the market piece. Um, uh, then we go into uh, numbers. Um, which is where we look at um, what the financial projections are. Um, too many financial projections are written on the back of an envelope with a finger in the air at the same time. Mm, for sure. Um, and that can't be. So if you know your market size, then you have to work out you know, what you're charging for your product, how many people you're physically capable of approaching, what conversion rates are like in your market, and from that, you can actually come up with some pretty decent projections, which are based on good research um, uh, and good data, um, which are much more believable. Too often as well, you see this hockey stick graph that says, at the moment, we're obviously spending so much money that we're going into the red. and um, But as soon as we get your investment, it will go straight up like this. And that just is never true. Um, 
So being able to show a graph that reflects the realities of the kind of plateaus and steep climbs and sideways movements that a company will experience, um, it, it is much more realistic. Um, so, yeah, so that's so we look at those projections. We look at um, making sure that your um, uh, your raise spend is actually well articulated so if you're asking someone for 250,000 pounds or 10 million they want to know what you're going to spend it on um, and they want to make sure that the balance of what you're going to spend it on is right um, so too often people get um, over enthusiastic about building more and more functionality into their product um, uh, and more and more bells and whistles um, and forget about actually selling the damn thing so, so they'll have far too much on product development and not enough in marketing and, you know, things like that. So really looking at that balance is, is key. Um, and then we, you know, we really dig into, into their, um, their business numbers. So, you know, if you're running a business that you're intending to grow fast, you better have a grip on your business numbers. You better know you know, what your sales are every day. You better know what your costs are every day. You better know what your conversion rates are from advertising um, through to sales, all of those things. Um, and, you know, quite often people kind of do that in an ad hoc way and don't have that set up as a system. But if you set it up as a system early, then scaling your business is so much easier because you can immediately see if you're going off track or not. Um, so, so that's key. Um, so that's the, the numbers side of things. Um, then when we get into uh, looking at investors, um, like I mentioned earlier, we look at what's the right investment route. So we've made no assumptions up to this point of which route a company should go on because once you've discovered what the structure and the market and everything is, then you can decide which which investment routes you might go on. And by that, I mean, do you go for um, debt? Because we don't always send people for, for equity investment. Debt can often be a good answer. Um, and if you are going for equity, um, do you, you know, do you go for crowdfunding? Do you go for angel investors, for VCs, for a combination? What's the right answer for that? company um, and also what specialisms do you need that investor to have mm. um, so particularly if you're looking to fill gaps on your board a great way to do that is to find an investor that has the experience you need who can come onto your board as well because they'll be super engaged as a board member then because their money's at risk um, so you know that's that's key so identify that profile um, and then we work with them on on building an investment strategy of how they're going to find um, the people that fit that profile or the organisations that fit that profile. Um, for our later stage companies, we do a lot of that preparation in terms of coming up with investors for them to contact um, for the very earlier stage companies because because they're on a kind of lower level of the of the program where we do a lot less of the work. We we teach them how to how to do that themselves instead. Um, uh, so and then from there we jump to um, to the last the last step, which is which is pitch, mm -hmm. um, uh, and that's where 
you know, the, the pitch deck gets put together, the business plan gets put together, the data room gets put together, um, uh, and the, you know, the verbal pitch gets practiced, um, uh, and, and really not just, um, you know, a key with a, a verbal pitch is, yes, you can have a rehearsed three minutes or 10 minutes or whatever, but you've actually got to also know it so well that, that you can weave it into a conversation because lots of times you won't get to do the dragon's den, stand up and pitch formally. Um, you, you know, you, you'll get asked, oh, come in for a coffee and we'll have a chat. That's not a chat, it's a pitch. So how do you weave your pitch into a dialogue with someone? Um, so, yeah, so those are the, are the six steps that, that we take people through with the aim that they, they come out the other end confident and credible in front of investors um, and that they've reduced the time and effort that it will take them overall to actually achieve that investment as well. So you offer uh, courses to help people prepare for each of those stages? Yeah, so so the, so the programme that we offer, um, uh, there are three levels. So we do a pre-seed level, a seed level and a series A. Um, the, the pre-seed level is, is a cohort program, so up yeah. to 10 startups um, at a time, um, uh, which allows, you know, early stage startups to talk to each other and, and make friends as they're going through the same, the same process. Um, but they also do a lot more of the work themselves. So they put together, we give them templates, but they put together their own pitch deck and their own business plan sure. and then we'll review what they've done. Whereas for a series A client, we do all the research, we put together the pitch deck and the business plan um, uh, and tell them exactly what's put in the data room and, and all of those things. So the, it, it switches from education to done for you, the higher up the, the level you get, which means that for the pre-seed companies, um, we can keep the cost really low because we know yeah. at that stage that they've got hardly any money yeah, yeah. Um, and they are the ones that need often the most help. So, sure. so that, you know, that means we can, we can help them without bankrupting them. And then the ones that are later stage that have already got, you know, a good, a good band of customers can actually afford to pay for more of the, the done for you service. I'm sure you, you, you've got cases, but um, the, Having worked with people, I'm sure their effectiveness in securing investment is significantly higher. Yeah, definitely. Um, so because they're, you know, they're not wasting time talking to the wrong people. Um, they go out with uh, a, a targeted list of 10 to 20 investors rather than as some people I've spoken to. I've, I've, sp I've spoken to 200 people. Oh dear God, that could take a lifetime, to, you know. So go out to a targeted list, get good feedback from all of those. If you get immediate interest, fantastic. If they're all conclusive, if if they're all coming back and saying a similar feedback, you know what you need to work on um, for from the market's perspective. Um, so yeah, so it, it really reduces the time and gives you a much more focused approach to 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 getting that investment through fantastic so if anybody wants to listen to this uh, discussion wants to find out more about well firstly the book and then the courses the way you help prepare people uh, to be investor ready uh, how do they 
find out more? Um, so they can go to areyouinvestorready.co.uk. Um, so the, they can find out about the book and the program there. Um, and they can also find me on LinkedIn as Julie Barber. Right. And Julie, the book comes out, the book's entitled Investor Ready and uh, it's launching... Uh, 8th of July. 8th of July. So exciting times. Yes. Um, I've actually uh, going to be you know, uh, taking that process and uh, looking through your book actually because uh, I'll be able to add even more value to, to my clients um, in terms of when they're growing and scaling etc so uh that's good to be a trusted companion as well and even though you know my background with kpmg earlier on in my career i'm aware of all these things you know this is a it's a i really highly recommend anybody to read it because it takes you by the book takes you by the hand and showing you brilliant title it says it what does it on the tin but showing you the things that you need to do and i think if anything give you a massive reality check as to how much work is involved in yeah. order to secure investment yes yeah i think it is a shock to a lot of people of of what they need to do that they they tend to think oh we just put together throw together a pitch deck and we'll get out there and start talking to people and it's not quite as simple as that if you're going to do it really well and really effectively fantastic so um your website once more time is it are you investor are you investor ready.co.uk that's fantastic julie thank you so much for your time today thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and enjoying the book as well thank you great you've been listening to the business mastermind podcast be sure to subscribe rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms enjoy more success and create more impact.